Alright, you guys know what that sound is. It's the sound of the lawnmower getting ready to rev up. And here we go. Motor run. We're gonna mow a short patch of grass this time. Okay. Welcome to another episode of Thoughts from a Lawnmower with Will Rouser. Uh, I believe this is episode 29. And uh, I kind of want to do a, a brief one today. I'm probably going to split this into a couple of parts. And uh, what I want to talk to you today about is uh, something that I'm seeing in the Christian culture that I don't think is a very good thing. Uh, it, it seems to be popular, popular now to uh, rip the the Christian church, rip Christianity for every little thing, and I don't think that's a good thing. However, there are things that need to be called out, and there are things that um, we need to we need to discuss with some, have some serious thought about. And one of those things is uh, is called playing the Pharisee card. And I have an article here that I couldn't find the author's name, but it's from uh, Issues Etc., which I guess is a it's a blog. And it's a, I guess they have a, they have a podcast of their own. And I don't want to, I don't want to steal anybody's work. So I want to give credit to whoever is involved with this. And I guess the web administrator is uh, a Mr. And, or Dr. Andrew Steinman. I think that's who this is. So I hope that, uh, I hope I've given proper credit. But anyway. What brought this on essentially was um, I was watching a video of a band called um, Gold Frankincense and Myrrh. Uh, four young ladies, or three or four uh, young ladies, they were playing a live set at a festival. Uh, I guess this past weekend, or at least this recently. Um, I think it was this past weekend. Anyway. Uh, one of my friends, a couple of my friends posted uh, some live clips from this festival, uh, a couple of my friends on Facebook, and uh, I was watching these ladies perform, and I just want to come out and say that there was nothing about them. They're, they're a Christian band, but there was nothing about them. They were dressed in like pink uh, short skirts, but the, they were wearing... Um, they're wearing shorts underneath the short skirt, so you know as they were doing their stage moves, you know, and the, the skirts would come up. You weren't seeing anything. They, they were, they were appropriately covered, and and they were not, uh, they weren't dressed inappropriately, and uh, they were performing their music, which is, I guess, uh, is it's it's kind of a goth heavy metal kind of. I don't really know what their label because I'm not real familiar with their music. But um, they were putting on a performance that was, you know, pretty benign. 
Uh, I mean, it was it was a great performance. They full of energy, but there was nothing uh, that I saw in there that was objectionable. And as I'm want to do whenever I see things, I always go look at the comment section because I always want to see what the reaction is of people when they see these things. And you got to remember, this is a Christian band. Okay, so in the um, in the process of watching. Uh, I mean, of looking at the uh, the comment section, there was a, a a woman who posted, "This is not godly," and that was her post. And someone came along and said, I, "You know, I know, I know these ladies, and I know that they're Christians, and I support them. You know, they're all about the gospel. I support them through Patreon." And this same woman came out and said, "Well, amen. You know, I'm I'm glad that that you that you're about the gospel, but this is this is not godly. At least she's saying, you know, I'm not judging, but I'm just saying. Well, first of all, before we get rolling on the main subject matter, um, yes, ma'am, you are judging, and I'm just going to come for the record, even though I think she's wrong." I don't have a problem with people who make judgments. I think we should make judgments. I don't have a problem with, uh, you know, when we're driving, we make judgments all the time. And sometimes we have to make snap judgments. And our experience, as we, as we grow as drivers, our experience, and all our experiences go into helping us make better decisions as we drive. But those decisions are based on judgments. We have to make judgments. And sometimes our judgments aren't always right, but sometimes it's better to be safe than sorry. So uh, if I see somebody who's like, for example, if I see somebody who is driving erratically in front of me, I put as much distance between me and them as possible. Why? Because I don't know what's going on with them. I don't have to know. All I got to know is that I see some signs that this person is not driving competently, is not driving rationally. And now he might be, he or she might be having an argument on the phone, or he or she might be having an argument with their significant other sitting in the vehicle or whatever, or maybe they're having mechanical issues. I'm sure there's some rational explanation as to why they're driving like they're driving, but having said that, I can't I can't confirm or deny those things. All I know is that I've got to watch out for whatever potential idiot mistakes they're going to make because they're distracted, they're not paying attention to their driving. So that's a judgment that I have to make. And I do that because not only can, if, if I don't pay attention to those kind of things, I might end up in an accident. A lot of times people end up in accidents or in situations that they had plenty of warning about, but they chose to ignore the signs because they didn't want to be, here it comes, judgmental. Well, I have to tell you that in this life, especially if you're a Christian, you have to make judgments. And sometimes those judgments are not always 
are not always good. Now, again, let me tell you that this lady who was making these comments, I disagree with her, and I think she's making a judgment that is not based on experience, but is based on feelings, is based on no facts at all. And I think she's making a judgment that is unfair. However, I detect, as I was watching some of her comments, she very clearly loves God, and she very clearly is concerned with um, the gospel and, the, and holiness and things like that. So even though I think she's wrong, and even though I do think she's making a judgment that is incorrect, I find it a little disturbing when people, you know, just throw out the judgment card. Oh, you're just being judgmental. Well, as we're going to see in this article I'm getting ready to read, that's kind of, that's not always appropriate. Now, there were people who kind of called her on the carpet, and I don't necessarily mind that. And they, I think they rightfully, they, some of them had, some of them, not all of them, but some of them had the, the right perspective and, uh, were trying to argue in defense of the band and their presentation. And I don't necessarily have a problem with that. I think we need to hash these things out. I think as Christians we can do that. And I think we should be mature enough to be able to handle. I think if you if you step out and you make a criticism, I think you should be able to back it up. If you're going to make a judgment, I think you should be able to back it up with facts and back it up with scripture. I think you should be able to articulate your argument in a way that is designed to convince people of your position. And if you can't do that, then I think you need to sit down and shut up. And yes, that's a judgment on my part. But anyway, I'm going out into the weeds. Uh, as you know, she made the comment. And then there was somebody else, and, and I think she was extreme, but there was somebody else who made a comment on the other end of the spectrum and basically called her and people who were kind of in her camp... Pharisees. And this is the thing I want to address. And I want to use this article called um, Playing the Pharisee Card. And I want to read parts of it. I kind of want to comment on it. And I think this is going to be a two-parter if I don't get through all of everything that I want to say. Um, So uh, I'm going to start by reading the, the first couple of paragraphs. And I want to kind of comment on them. With the, with the situation that I've described to you, in, in light of that, now the, the, the author writes, he begins this, and he says, I have been called a Pharisee more times than I can remember. It goes with the territory. I host a conservative Christian radio talk show. I publicly defend the teachings and practices of the historic church. I also publicly point out false teaching and practices in the church today. For these reasons alone, some believe that I deserve to be called a Pharisee. But I'm not alone. Today, the label, quote-unquote, Pharisee is applied to many Christians just like me. Perhaps you're one of them. We are Christians who cherish God's Word, the Church's historic creeds, confessions, and practices. When we see the Church abandoning these things to follow the latest fads and entertainments, we lament. When we see the gospel itself being left behind in the church's rush to mimic popular culture, we are grieved. And when we question the church's infatuation with the spirit of the age, we are labeled 
Pharisees. Now I want to stop there, and I want to point out that I've read this article all the way through, and I don't 100% agree with every assertion that the author makes. However, I think for the his entire the his thrust of this article is spot on the money, and it it really does address the situation that I saw in the comments section of um, this Facebook post that I saw. Now, on the one hand, we had the woman who made a judgment, and I, again, as I said, I think she was wrong, and she was rightfully called on the carpet, and people were demanding that she back up her assertions with biblical facts, and, you know, instead of just using her feelings and her filtering everything through her tastes and her particular emotions, but actually backing up with Scripture, okay? I don't have a problem with that. But I do have a problem with those who will come against people like her who has a genuine faith, even though she's wrong. She, she is wrong, okay? I'm just going to say it. She is wrong. But she's not being sinful. At least, I don't think she's being intentionally malignant. So, anyway, there are people who would come against her and they throw out the Pharisee card. And I think we Christians are way too comfortable with throwing that out there whenever someone challenges our comforts, someone challenges our mindsets, someone challenges our sacred cows. And guess what? All Christians, all believers, have some sacred cows, some things that, um, you know, they hold on to, some maybe some myths or whatever that they hold on to. And when they're challenged, the first thing that we tend to resort to is calling somebody a Pharisee. So let me let me go on and let's describe what the uh, the Pharisee card is. And uh, the author goes on to say the race card is a political term of art made famous during the 1988 presidential race between George H. W. Bush and Michael Dukakis. In today's presidential politics, we also have the gender card. The race and gender cards aren't designed to ri to rise the legitimate issues surrounding race or gender. Instead, both the race and gender cards are political tactics that exploit racial and gender divisions among voters and appeal to the worst racial and gender stereotypes. In American politics, the race and gender cards are played to discredit someone by implying that he is racist or sexist. Just as politicians and pundits play the race card or the gender card, many in the church are playing the Pharisee card. Just like the race or gender cards, the Pharisee card is not designed to raise a legitimate issue or doctrine or practice. Rather, the Pharisee card is used to discredit someone by implying that he is narrow, rigid, and unloving, a Pharisee. Most often these days, the Pharisee card is played to portray a fellow Christian as a quote-unquote doctrinal purist, resistant to change, and therefore unconcerned for the lost. The, the Pharisee card is a powerful weapon. Most of its punch comes from the fact that during his earthly ministry, Jesus did often condemn the Pharisees. 
The Pharisee card is intended to be tantamount to the condemnation of Jesus himself. Why did Jesus so often condemn the Pharisees? Was it because, as those who play the Pharisee card assumes, the Pharisees were ultra-conservative doctrinal purists with no love for the lost? And the answer is no. You see, we often use the Pharisee card as a weapon against those we disagree with, or against those who disagree with us, or against those who challenge us, who dare challenge our whatever thing that we hold dear. And I have to tell you, and I, I, I have to do my own self-reflection, because there's a lot of things that I hold dear. And as soon as I get challenged, and I've done this, I've done this in the past. Uh, I've been guilty of this. Uh, when someone calls me on the carpet for an obvious sin or an obvious discrepancy in, you know, I claim to be a Christian, but then I do something else that doesn't reflect what I believe, and I behave in such a manner that is inconsistent with what I say I believe, um, and somebody in authority or somebody that I trust or somebody that comes along who maybe I don't know but has a, you know, is a fellow believer, and they point that out to me, my first initial reaction is to get defensive and call them a Pharisee. I mean, I don't necessarily use that term, but I might as well. And I saw that in the in this article, or excuse me, not in this article. I saw this in I saw this very thing in the comments section. And again, like I said, the, the woman was wrong in her in her judgment. She she made a she made a judgment based on emotion and personal taste. But then there were people who turned right around and you know made judgments similar to hers just in the reverse. And I have to tell you in in all the years that I've been in the church. And yes, I've been church hurt. And yes, there are people there are Pharisees in the church. There always will be. I don't know why anybody thinks that there won't be. As long as you have human beings congregating anywhere, you're going to have the Pharisee type. You're going to have the judgmental type. I'm a musician. I'm under no illusions. The music world is full of hypocrites and scoundrels and and Pharisees of their own. Okay? There, it, it just is. Yet, I continue to operate in music. Why? Because I love music so much. And sometimes, you know, we have our own sacred cows as musicians. Well, as Christians, we have our own sacred cows too. And sometimes when someone comes along and challenges us, it's a natural reaction to want to lash out. And we often want to use... Um, we want to use Jesus' words as a bludgeon, you know, how he um, how he dealt with the Pharisees, and we think that we have we walk in the same exact authority that Jesus walked in. Now, I don't want to get off on the theology of that. Yes, we walk in authority, and yes, we have to take charge in certain things, and yes, we have to exude authority when it comes to Christian doctrine and things like that. However, we have to be very careful that we don't become the very things that we're criticizing. See, that was the one thing about Jesus. Jesus could make those kind of calls because, you know what? He wasn't a Pharisee. 
Jesus could call them out because he he not only knew the law, but he was the author of the law. Okay? And he lived, he fulfilled the law. So, And he knew that there were Pharisees who were only interested in power, not pleasing God. Okay? And so that's, those are the things that we need to understand. I'm not going to get through all this whole article in this in this particular episode. I I want to all I really want to say uh, with this at this point is that Christians, yes, there are there are those judgmental Christians. Okay, I, I'm with you on that. Yeah, there are going to be those who will fil- who filter their who filter their their biblical understanding through their emotions, their personal taste, um, their idea, personal ideologies, rather than filtering their tastes and their ideologies and their uh, opinions through through the Scripture. And there is a difference. But I also know that there are men and women of God who have a genuine concern for how the church is perceived by the world how the gospel is perceived by the world. Because we are some pe- the only Bible that some people will ever read. Okay? And if our, if our works are not consistent with our walk, the world's going to notice that. Now, I'm not, I'm not at all trying to lay anything on the band uh, Gold, Frankincense, and Myrrh, GFM. I'm not going to lay anything on that. I didn't see anything that they were doing anything wrong. Matter of fact, I... And I'm going to probably address this in a in a future podcast, but I didn't see anything that was inappropriate or uh, unchristian about anything that they did. However, if you've been in the church for any length of time, I think the church one of the biggest mistakes the church has has made over at least the last couple of decades is that we were have refused to do to do our due diligence when it comes to judging things that just just want to become part of the church you know want to become part of the christian culture and we've allowed we're supposed to be the gatekeepers of that stuff and things there's supposed to be a high standard for behavior and for uh worldview there's supposed to be a high standard for that and when we fail to be the gatekeepers of those kind of things, we're just going to let anything in. It needs to be researched. It needs to be looked at with a skeptical eye. And we've lost that because we we don't want to get labeled as judgmental, and we don't want to get labeled as Pharisees. We don't want to get labeled, we don't want to get labeled by the world as being bad guys. Well, guess what? I hate to break it to you, but the world's going to do that anyway, okay? Let's, let's just get that out of the way. You're going to be criticized. Jesus even told us that we would be criticized. Okay, so you might as well get used to that idea. Having said that, I expect that kind of stuff from the world. Well, I also kind of expect that my brothers and sisters in Christ would hold me to a higher standard. And if I can't explain or justify or articulate what I am, why I do what I do, then maybe they have a point. 
Now, there's plenty of things that I have brothers and sisters in Christ that don't agree with me on. And that's fine. And we can talk about that as adults. But, and, and yes, I have faced some Pharisees. And I probably will in the future. This is nothing new. Okay, so let's stop acting like this is going to go away. And let's learn how to deal with the Pharisees in our lives. Okay, and when someone plays the Pharisee card, you got to know when it's just something to manipulate the situation. And you got to know when it's a legitimate criticism. You got to be able to discern the difference. Um, I want to wrap this particular episode up by saying, by reiterating something that uh, the author said, and I'm going to reread this because I think this is so powerful. Just like the race or gender cards, the Pharisee card is not designed to raise a legitimate issue or doctrine or practice. Excuse me, uh, to raise a legitimate issue of doctrine or practice. Rather, the Pharisee card is used to discredit someone by implying that he is narrow, rigid, and unloving. Most often these days, the Pharisee card is played to portray a fellow Christian as a doctrinal purist, resistant to change, and therefore unconcerned for the loss. For the lost, excuse me. Okay, the Pharisee card is a powerful weapon. We as Christians have to be careful that we don't use that we don't use that word Pharisee lightly. We need to really measure our words. We really need to measure what we say to someone, both in judgment, and as I said earlier, I don't think judgment's a bad thing all the time. All right? And I do think that there are bad judgments, so don't misunderstand me. But I don't necessarily think that... Um, I think we have to have balanced judgment. I think we have to have experienced judgment. Um, Jesus said, judge on right things. Okay. Having said that, I also think that we have to, while we have to be careful how we judge, we also have to be very, very careful that we just don't throw around the word Pharisee so easily. Just because somebody calls us out on something that we don't like. Or that, or, excuse me, someone calls us out on something that uh, we kind of hold dear. I think that's all I'm going to say for this this part. I'm going to, I'm probably going to do a part two on this because this, this article is really, really good. Um, let me know what you think. Uh, you can go to the comment section uh, at Podbean. Uh, thoughts from a lawnmower or if you want to maybe ask some questions maybe have me address a question you can go to send me a send me an email axeman axeman2415 at yahoo.com and put in the put in the the header there um question for podcast or thoughts from a lawnmower or something you know so that i'll pay attention to it and uh i'll uh I'll try to answer, maybe I'll do a podcast on your question or something like that, or I'll address it uh, in a future episode. Uh, I'd like to thank all my listeners for sticking with me. Uh, it's podcast number 29. I'm trying to rev up for some more here soon, and I, uh, I got some things in store. So I look forward to, you, to seeing you uh, riding on the lawnmower. Uh, 
Take care, and I'll talk to you next episode. Bye.